Welcome, everyone, to another spectacular episode of Cut the Shit. Today, I have my good friend Carly here. And I know I say good friend every episode, but it's true every episode. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Um, Carly and I go way back to fifth grade. And she's actually been talked about a lot on this podcast. Sorry, I forgot what this was called for a moment. (laughs) And um, yeah, so you'll finally get to meet her. Uh, she's one of the funniest and smartest people I've ever met, and hopefully that carries over to a podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, we're SOL. Um, also, you might also hear my dog, just like always. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at KT Brisket and Twitter at KT Brisket. And send me a voice message here so I can hear your voice on the podcast at anchor.fm slash with Katie. And I feel like there was something else I was going to bring up. Oh, yes. No one has told me if they met a mime or not. I did that as a call and response thing a few episodes back. No one has responded. So that means either all on average 80 people of my listeners (laughs) have not ever met a mime or you guys are lying to me. And I'm hoping, honestly, you're lying to me because I want to know your mime story. Also, no one's met a celebrity either. I have this, I find this hard to believe. So please interact with me. (laughs) I mean, if it helps, I've met a clown. That's not close, Carly. He's my cousin. And I've seen him do (laughs) mime things before. What's his clown name? um, I don't know. His name is Adam Kugler. He worked with the Big Apple Circus for a few (laughs) years. Does that count as being a celebrity if someone you know is the ringmaster of a circus. He's the ringmaster? Yes, he wore a silly little hat and suit with coattails. Um, they did stunts. He can juggle super, super well. Um, oh and he God. was trapped in New York did City. Did he have to go to clown college? Yes, he went to Baraboo Clown College. There's a Baraboo Clown Yeah, there's a whole clown college in Baraboo, Wisconsin. And there's also like a world clown museum <gasps> over there. <laughs> you look so excited, which I'm sure is great for an audio medium to look excited. Yeah, um... Normally guests don't speak during the during the intro, I but just you got know really what? Excited about no, the mime stuff. I'm really excited too. This is amazing. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. We're a couple episodes in, and we're now just hitting the smooth transition into content. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, with that said, let's hop into the episode. Cut the shit. Cut the shit. Everybody, help us cut the shit. Join us while we cut the shit. Carly, (laughs) welcome back. Since you were in the intro, I'm just saying welcome back. (laughs) Um, First and foremost, I typically go over how we met. And I have an earliest memory with you. And we went, we had fifth grade together in Mr. Hoffman's class. Mm -hmm. And... I remember me and like Chloe, some one of the Chloe's were sitting behind you and you were sitting next to, in front of us next to this Alex guy. Mm-hmm. And Alex had some learning disabilities, also some behavioral issues. Yeah, I don't know if it was the problems that I had with him related to him physically hurting me. <laughs> I don't think stemmed from learning disabilities, more so from the anger management problems and um, his want that I was dead. Yes. And so he one day got really upset about something in class. And we had those little like shape tiles Mm -hmm. out for a math thing. And he 
took his arms and just sweeped them off his desk in the, like the most angry fashion and then flipped his desk and I think just stormed out of the classroom. Yeah. And I just remember looking at the person sitting next to me like, holy fuck, this kid. And like, I think we helped you clean it up or whatever while Mr. Hoffman dealed with the issue that that was. And that's just the earliest memory I actually have of you directly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that so clearly. And I also remember like the hundreds of little triangles heading towards my eyes. Because <laughs> I mean, they were swept directly into me as a person. Yeah. And then the desk was flipped. And then he tried to throw the chair at oh. me, but it got like caught on the desk. So he more just like kind of tossed the chair forward a little bit. Mm, I don't remember the chair incident, but <sighs> it's trauma. So yeah, we sat directly in front of like one of those big TVs that were on rollers. And yes. I remember being told those stories about the kid who was crushed to <gasps> death. Yes. With one of them. And I kept thinking, oh, it's going to happen in this class. This guy's going to have a whole thing and he's going to <laughs> run back into the TV. And like, if it has to happen to any of us, I hope it's to this specific 11 year old. <laughs> I was such an angry child. I'm so happy you brought up the stories of a kid getting crushed under that because I want to know if that's true or if it's just yeah, a horror you... story in every school that had one of those. We both have moms who are teachers. Yes. Um. So a lot of the horror stories we know stem from that. I mean, my mom taught you sex ed and <laughs> she d- taught me nothing. <laughs> that's right. She subbed for my sixth grade teacher during the human growth and development unit. And thankfully that, epi- that, that episode, yeah, that class... Um, specifically, we only really talked about like sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah, I think it was HIV AIDS. Yeah. yeah. And so she didn't like get into the whole. But I do remember she was like, wow, this is really outdated. <laughs> and we were like, yeah. yeah, roast the teacher. My mom got her. My mom went to Madison for education. She got her minor in specifically helping students who would have like troubles with the classroom, whether that's with identity or learning disabilities um, so those like gaps in education are sort of her specialty, yeah. which is like it's what she does at Beloit now. But it is interesting to see how she would view a curriculum. Again, I was 11. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I missed that day. So I didn't know what AIDS was for like another year. <laughs> yeah. Um, she. I mean, I don't remember much, but I remember being like, I could do her year round and not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could do my mom. Year <laughs> <round>. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. Oh, my God. Uh. Shout out Lori Davis. Shout out Lori Davis. <laughs> um, you can catch her M-L-A-C-E Davis on Instagram. <laughs> or um, please don't. What else do you remember from fifth grade? I remember um, we would play at recess and um, our friend Emily had like a fake British accent for I think at least a week. Just yeah. every time she talked because she wanted to be Hermione. Yeah. And then I remember at recess specifically we played like Percy Jackson and like – other whatever fantasy theme yeah whatever we were in that time but we played with our friend drew and the, i remember it was a frequent issue with drew that he would just keep giving himself more powers and then that would really piss off everyone else and yeah we'd be like drew you can't now just say you have fire bolts like what i don't know if you remember that that yeah. goes back all the way to like elementary school because he'd been doing that since kindergarten. Yeah, which like I had missed. But I know a lot of kids, at least our age back then, were playing like family games and it started with that. But I didn't really care who was whose cousin or stepbrother or like mom or dad. I was like, okay, yeah, but what if we all had swords yeah. and one of us <laughs> tragically died? <laughs> I also remember for some reason we did some vampires and werewolves. Yeah, of course. Uh huh. And I feel like 
I also had the impression that like no one else was playing fun games. Everyone else was just remember there was that group of kids that would just walk around the track. Uh yeah, Grayson Hammer and pals yeah and it was like this huge group and i remember being like why would anyone do that we're having the time of our lives over here like i just took out justin with a bow and arrow i'm having a great time literally my friend's bleeding out (laughs) (laughs) um explains a lot about each of us individually i think now yeah i think you could really go back and say i don't think any of those kids are mentally doing super well (laughs) yeah probably Good times, good times. They weren't. We were also in Sound Crew together. Um, yeah. Which we talked a little bit about with Zoe. And I asked Zoe her favorite show to do sound for. Do you have a favorite? Oh, goodness. Um, I didn't do sound for the last musical that you both did sound for, which I think would have been fun to do. Oklahoma? Oklahoma. It was not fun. Oh, well, great. It's because I wasn't there. <laughs> Maybe, but. Um, I think it might have been like. That bye bye birdie hello dolly period. Mm-hmm. I think our freshman year we were it was a weird place to be learning how to do sound, just because of what was happening in various like in like Mr. Doran's life that mm-hmm. year. It was weird to slide in and start doing that job. Also, Children of Eden is a stupid show and it shouldn't have been written, but that's just my opinion. Um, but then we started doing these golden age of like theater shows bye bye birdie hello dolly swung over to oklahoma our senior year i think i liked bye bye birdie best there were too many problems with hello dolly yeah so did zoe i loved hello dolly it was great but wow i think it just kept breaking it did yeah but i think hello dolly i think is one of the best shows mhs has done in the last however many years i mean katie trimble's incredibly talented Mm -hmm. the waiters gallop is a very funny like whole bit yeah sure 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 is i think it's funny we didn't have to do it so we could say that it was true yeah true i just remember how was it that one that took us forever to get because yeah they chose to block it during tech week yeah which isn't smart but you know things happen perhaps But um, I remember with uh, oh with Children of Eden, every time someone says like I oh I have I don't remember much of the music, mm-hmm. but I do remember certain bits of music. For example, when it goes, "Beget, yep. beget, beget, beget," <laughs> and then later on it's like, um, re- no, I was thinking of Greece too. I was gonna be <laughs> reproduction. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it goes, uh, oh, what's the one about generations? Oh, generations. same song. Yeah, it's yeah. the same song, but it goes, multiplication, all the nations. <laughs> and it just, that one. 20 white children talking about populating the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most of them in nude, like, suits. Either in nude suits or in shirts. I'm 100% sure we're gotten by look, saying African blouse and the orientaltradingcompany.com site. Yeah. It was definitely a lazy costuming choice, but also a high school production in Wisconsin. Yeah, do you remember that scene towards where they all had different color shirts? It was at the end and they yeah. had the white pants and then it was just like Hanes cheap little like t-shirts that were different colors. Yeah. I also oh, what's the other one? Um Lost in the Wilderness. Beautiful song. It's still my musicals playlist. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I weird. don't like the people who sing it on Spotify. Oh my god, yeah, it's weird. It's it's uncomfortable to listen to, but I mm-hmm. like the song. It's really good, and um, those are all the songs I know. 
uh, yeah, Children of Eden, I don't know. There were a lot of great tunes, but also I've now taken several religion classes and had to like look at Genesis chapter 9 is post-flood, so like before that. Um, but I've been doing so much Bible reading, not of my own volition, that I'm having to like relook at that again. And I mean, like Easter was yesterday as of recording this. He so, is risen. Yeah, he is risen. <laughs> He's back, baby, and better than ever. Way less corporeal. Jesus to electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, Jesus to um, shoot, what is it, like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, it's like Oceans 3. Walking across the ocean free. Um, I don't know. I've been re-listening to Jesus Christ Superstar. Not a show we mm. did. Not a show any high school should do. Not a show I should say I did not enjoy. I was really mm. going to – I was going to watch the live one they did because John Legend, Sarah Bareilles, I was like, I'll Sarah give this Bareilles a shot. Sarah did a great job, got to say. I heard she did, John which is Legend, why I tried I to watch too it. too many opinions. But I was like, this is not for me. I can't tell who's who. Yeah. Um – yeah, it's rough. Having read all of that shit so many times helps a lot. But at the same time, also, there's a really, like, great high note. I mean, it's a rock opera. Mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber saying, like, he wrote Phantom of the Opera. Who yeah. wrote Cats? Cats? I um, still haven't watched the rock. movie because I'm scared. Oh, my God. I I mean, I ran into you right after I saw it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we can talk <laughs> yes. about the Cats. Edit. We're on a high. <laughs> yeah, the aftermath. The Cats-to-math. <laughs> I literally oh my god I remember because you were waiting for me and I, I literally outside the house and I showed up and you guys were just sitting on the steps and I was like you guys could have waited in your car and you were like we don't care and you just like, kept talking about the thing you were like Katie it was such a it's such an experience I loved it frankly I had at that point in my life been high twice both times off of paint thinners <laughs> once on accident that, and that fits it unfortunately tracks Your, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my pupils had never been bigger as when they were after seeing cats. I think something Truly. about me broke inside and it hasn't yeah. been fixed. Can I apologize for that night as well? So pretty much they came over because I had purchased Star Kid Homecoming. If you guys know Star Kid, it makes sense. Anyway, we were watching the DVD on my laptop and I kind of, do you remember this? I kind of rushed you out. It's because I really had to shit. Oh, that's fine. I forgive you. And I felt bad because the bathroom was literally right next to the living room. And if it had been like downstairs or anything, I would have just been like, peace out, you know. But now at the minute it was over, I was like, all right, guys, that was so much fun. And we hadn't seen each other in months at that point. And I still was like, get the fuck out. (laughs) I have to shit. Yeah. Um, It was a three hour long DVD of a musical concert performance. And I had just eaten for the first time because I had worked beforehand. Yeah. So I'd eaten for the first time in at least seven hours, probably the whole day, because I just don't eat before I go to work in fear that I'm going to have to shit during like a busy rush. Sure. This is normal. (laughs) This was before I went on medication too. So like now it's not a fear that was like linked really well with my anxiety. Now I don't have that (laughs) thought. But um beforehand I did so I'd eat I had brought home dinner and I'd been eating that during the show and then like two hours in I was like dear god the things we do when we're 18 because we are too afraid of other people knowing that we have to use the bathroom sometimes yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um living in a dorm room with an attached bathroom has kind of broken that for me that see that was the year you guys went off to college and I did not I stayed home and I remember texting Hallie and being like Hallie you know what 
I'm pretty happy I haven't gone to, co- to like in a traditional college yet because I don't know if I could mentally handle using a bathroom with so many other people. This is back when Hallie was still in high school. This is back when Hallie okay. was still in high school. And uh, again, same period where I was not on anxiety medication. Yeah. Nothing breaks your spirit more than a public shower. Okay. Um, A public shower that the men on the floor below and above you have access to. Why? I man, I do not know. Um That's Hallie so and I go to the same school, Augustana yes. College. Um public showers. That's all I'm saying. Oh wow. In case Hallie I was did even, not talk about our school for the whole hour. She did not. I was even one of the kids during like the swim unit who would change in the bathroom. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's so uncomfy. It's but I mean Wow, you, were you in the closet or something? <laughs> I'm just saying that plays a huge role in, like, how comfortable you are in a locker room. Not because of, like, other people there, but the fear that, like, you shouldn't be there. That wasn't even it for me. It was just, like, I was never in swim. Like, the mm-hmm. kids who were in swim were had no issue with it. Or, like, most yeah. – any sport, really. Yeah. I was never in a sport. So it was just super uncomfy. And it's different from, like, gym – regular gym – because you're actually fully nude. And I just made me uncomfortable. And I was just like, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. This is so creepy. We're all teenage girls just stripping down in a locker room. I had mad respect for the girls that would be like, yeah, I can hold up a towel for you. And yeah. we'll just hold up a beach oh, towel in the corner. Would not do that. Oh, they would just look the other way in a weird place. Yeah, way. that was when the gayness took part. I was like, this feels wrong. That's the only time I felt like that. Yeah, it's like one part... Um, being lgbt the other part just massive body dysmorphia and like i don't want anyone to see my body and i don't want to see anyone else's body so i'm not ready to confront that part yet yeah maybe that was it i don't have like issues with my own body on the day-to-day basis you just hate everyone else's no i just no it's not everyone else's body it's just their souls and oh yeah what's inside of there (laughs) no no, i don't have um maybe that's it because i don't have issues with it on a day-to-day basis but maybe being in a locker room it kind of yeah maybe that's it yeah that it was like the only time maybe there's something poetic about like vulnerability and youth and like replicating the experiences other people have had but at the same time um you're in a locker room in milton high school and you're about to go swim for a full 20 minutes also that was the year that the only year i had to swim in high school was freshman year because then you could choose whatever gym class you wanted but um freshman year was the year milton high school had a mad outbreak of cryptosporidium Mm -hmm. calvin dobson's fault (laughs) shout out cal for those of you unfamiliar with cryptosporidium congrats Basically, it's a virus that causes you to shit to the point of possible death. Yeah, so it's um, cholera. Yeah, it's pretty much. Cholera. And so, so it had gotten into our school because some people went swimming in the gym, in the in the in the pool, and someone apparently must have had diarrhea or some sort of gastrointestinal issue, and it got into the school's water supply. Again, the rumor my brother and I made huge efforts to spread around. Was that Kelvin Dobson, who was the water boy for, b- water boy for the men's yep. football team, um, just didn't wash it enough. Yeah. And that's what happened. Not well, at then, all true. Thank you very but... much because the next year when I was the water girl, <laughs> we had a lot of people coming at us for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but yeah. Maybe it's Maddie's fault. Maybe so, just a Dobson thing. Some of us tried to get out of the swim by being like, 
I have diarrhea. Because um, there is all these signs saying if you have diarrhea, do not swim in the pool. Yeah. I mean, the move is to tell the male gym teacher that you're on your period. Oh, so I did that yeah. multiple times. I also did. And then, well, I did it the first week. And then the second week, I actually got my period. <laughs> so it was like hell. Um, but yeah, some people did pull the, I have diarrhea. And then they would periodically visit the bathroom during gym. So to really sell it. If you have to periodically visit the bathroom during an hour, you either have a nicotine addiction or you shouldn't be at school. Ooh. Ooh. Hot take. Hot, Hot take. take. Not that vaping was a big thing when we were freshmen. No, that Didn't was definitely more junior, senior year. Yeah. Because that senior year was the time that I ran into the, the bathroom during lunch. Mm-hmm. And there was people, four people hitting their jewels in the um, handicap stall. And if you're going to hit your jewel, don't take the fucking handicap stall. What if some poor kid in a – well, not poor. I'm sure they're very happy in a wheelchair. Like, what, they need to come in, and that's the only fucking bathroom they can use. So I ran in, and I banged on the stall, and then I ran out. And unfortunately, a girl washing her hands got blamed with it, and they were very mad at her. <laughs> and anyway, that's, like, the proudest I'd, I've been – If you choose to vape in a public high school bathroom, you deserve to have this skit, this shit scared out of you while you're doing it. There is no dignity in vaping, period, and to vaping in a high school. And I think it, yeah, it gets worse with the handicap stall, too. Yeah. Like, guys, individually take your own, it's because they wanted to be next to each other, like talking and stuff, and I get that. Take your own stall or just all slam into one regular sized one. It's possible. Yeah. One person crouches on the toilet. The other person's on the like water thing in the back. And then two people are standing sideways. (laughs) If we can figure it out, you can too. All right. Yeah. I haven't thought this much about (laughs) high school um, since I graduated. So this is dredging up a lot of just distant repressed memories. Well, then let's let's segue then. To other s- memories. Oh, great. Writing writing in high school. Sure. Uh, you were an active member of the newspaper and yearbook. You were an editor. I still am, yeah. I um, was just a part of it. I was not an editor. Yeah, you took J-pop, right? So yes. that class that meant that you could not deal with AP bullshit, but actually enjoy what you were doing. Yes. Yeah. Um, good times, good times. Um, sp- speak on that speak on that um sure. oh shout out mrs brechtel i don't know if she listens i kind of want her on the podcast someday but, i yeah. think you desperately need her on the podcast she just moved classrooms they had to paint yes. over that whole thing i saw that and it. i was like that's really sad mm. and also can i come back to write my name on something yeah any opportunity it's your forehead done on your, tattooed yeah tattoo on your bicep tattooed? yeah um, tramp stamp of my name. Tramp stamp <laughs> of my name. I once oh asked Brechtel why tram stamps were so popular for like teachers at Milton High School, and she was like, "Well, we were all twenty in the early two thousands, and low rise mm. jeans were the huge thing." And then That's I was thinking, answer. "Wow, I'm fifteen, and I'm asking the adults where they got their tram stamps." <laughs> I why I'm I still have beef with her because she told me when she gra- when I graduated, she would play cup of palm with me on her iPhone because mm-hmm. she had just gotten an iPhone for the first time when we were seniors. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God, now we can play cup palm. And she was like, I don't feel comfortable doing that with one of my students. And I said, great. The moment I graduate. And I did on the day of graduation, send her a cup palm invitation. And she ignored it. And she ignored it. And then when I went back to talk to a bunch of like juniors or whatever for her, I did that too. And she also ignored it. So Brechtel, if you're listening, play me back on Palm. (laughs) 
And if you're not listening, then God, dude, come on. What are you doing? I see you liking my Facebook post about the episodes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. I joined newspaper when I was a freshman because I knew I liked writing and I didn't know much else about what I enjoyed. I mean, my mom taught English. I'm going to bring up my mom again and we're not going to dive into that. (laughs) Um, But I knew I liked writing. I knew I liked editing. So I wrote a bit when I was a freshman. I joined on as an assistant editor back when they started doing that editorial board stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was me and Marilla Smith were the two sophomores at the time. The rest were upperclassmen. Also a boss. Also Shout a boss. Shout out, Marilla. Yeah, doing great at Loyola as far as I remember, but also Loyola is in Chicago and the pandemic is hard. Mm. Yes. Um, I go to school with a bunch of Chicago suburbs people, so I constantly hear about it. Anyways, back on topic. <laughs> Man, I think about Chicago too much for a person who hates Illinois. But fucking fibs. <laughs> fibs. Um, I started writing, started editing, didn't know how much I liked it, didn't plan on doing it in college. Um, ended up applying for the paper anyways as a job just for like a quick 15 bucks a week. Mm-hmm. And now I am the editor for one of our departments there. I'm looking at um, applying for a promotion, not this year, but next year. And I don't know, I didn't think it would be that big of a part of my life, um, journalism and news writing and any sort of nonfiction writing, but God, it really sharpens you. Like you think you're a good fiction writer and then you learn to like write succinctly, write cleanly, and you realize why so many great American authors were journalists first. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Has that changed your future aspirations or anything? I do all? not want to. I do not want to be a journalist. By God, I don't want to write for a newspaper Okay, but I need it, I need that to be clear. Um, has it shaped anything else? I mean, it shaped the way I write a lot. I used to write like a lot of purple prose, really flowy, really descriptive. I never liked that style. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's what you write when you're young and you aren't super well practiced. Mm-hmm. And the more you do, the more you understand like the succinctness of language is really, really important. So now as I'm like an English and creative writing major, among other things, and want to like write professionally or at least edit professionally. Yeah. Um, it plays into the way your brain works. Yeah. Good. I um, was going to – sorry, I have two things that yes. that reminded me of. I was going to bring this up at the top of the podcast, but I completely forgot. Um, guys, do you, if you've been here for the long haul, you know that there are three people I said that are not in my family that I would die for. And it, the first was episode two, Anna Quaddy, mm-hmm. and then – no, episode three, Anna Quaddy, and episode two, Megan Price, I believe were the two and carly you're the third one i would also die for anna Quadi. so it's like a mexican standoff we're all just pointing at each other (laughs) i'm just like who's gonna who's it gonna be who's dropping first um yeah so you're you're welcome welcome. (laughs) i don't know it just made my list because sometimes the the three people on that list are people who if like someone shit talks them i don't know why i get fiercely (laughs) defensive and i've never actually heard anyone shit talk any of those people on the list but i'm just like if you come at them i'm like a mama bear i'm like first of all they're better than you (laughs) second of all you're insecure yeah i am certainly a flawed person i've done my oh yeah i'm not saying you're perfect yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah i'm actually actively bad um i've had a street record of being pretentious which i'll admit to and i should be um, bullied for it especially like um retroactively so no feel free to just drag my name through the mud but if you step to anna <laughs> i'm going to like 
break your shit. Because she is. I'm taking an iron rod to your knees if you step we're going fucking tanya harding (laughs) on your ass you won't walk again is quite like i don't even know she's just you guys have heard her hopefully if you listen to that episode if not go back but she is quite possibly the closest human a human being can get to perfection and just like total goodness yeah anna quaddy is god's gift to Milton, Wisconsin. Definitely. And now to Marquette, but definitely, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. If you cross paths with Anna Quaddy, your life is better. God is smiling upon you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, people who don't live in the Midwest, I think, don't understand, well, especially specifically Wisconsin, how yeah. much we actually hate people from Illinois. Yeah, and it's like, it's kind of arbitrary, kind of not. Like, everyone needs an enemy. I know that Minnesota yeah. hates us. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I also know that um, a lot of folks from Illinois do not make their state their whole personality trait. A Piggly Wiggly truck drove by, speaking of Wisconsin. <laughs> but, um, yeah, something about being born and raised the only in thing Wisconsin. I, the only thing I can compare it to, and maybe it's because I do have family in Massachusetts, is Massachusetts and New York. Yeah. and But that's even just, like, I feel like I want to say the whole region of New England just hates New York because New York isn't considered New England. Yeah. For many reasons. And so I would say that. But that's the only thing I've felt maybe like down south there's stuff between like Alabama or whatever. Yeah, but I feel like generally it's more regional pride yeah. there. I don't know. Like there's the aggressive state pride of being from Wisconsin. And again, best state in the Midwest. I'll, stay, I'll die by yeah, that. Okay. I'll stand by that. Can we do a sub – like a partial ranking of the Midwest states? Mini ranking? Great. I mean, is Nebraska part of the Midwest? Sure. Oh, yes. Okay. Let's talk about this because I've been seen on the Missouri TikTok. Missouri is not part of the Midwest. Yeah. I've been seen on these – tiktoks that these kids are on um about the midwest and they are including fucking missouri tennessee the dakotas Dakotas. i i think the dakotas i saw someone say they don't belong in it because there's too many natural wonders and like stuff like that wisconsin's full of natural wonders where do you think they're talking (laughs) specifically like yellowstone and all that stuff hey but not not in dakotas that's montana sorry sorry i was speaking of I'm incredibly well traveled. What is the one I'm thinking of? Um, there's the Badlands, Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore, um, the Corn Palace, is in sure. South okay. Dakota. All of those, um, they were like, shouldn't be a part of it because there's so many like whatever. And I was like, okay, I I get that, but also I I they're the ones I'm okay accepting into yeah. the Midwest because they're kind of literally in between. If you look at a map, they are the, the they are, Midwest. Yeah, they're in the same family as Iowa and Nebraska yeah. and maybe parts of Indiana uh-huh. as like just kind of flat, nothing areas mm-hmm. that they've got to go somewhere. So we'll take them. Exactly. So I will take the Dakotas, obviously Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. Yes. And then Ohio's on I, fucking ice. Yeah. Ohio, see, I just hate Ohio. Yeah. For, almost with the same fervor as my hatred for Illinois. Yeah, absence makes the heart grow less angry at Ohio. Yeah, Indiana, I'm indifferent towards. Oh, I hate Indiana. Oh, why? I don't, man, driving through Indiana okay. makes me feel better about it Illinois. It does suck, yeah. But um, I don't know. I just, maybe Parks and Rec is the only reason yeah, I'm like, Yeah, that's fair. But, so my thing would be Wisconsin's the best. Yep. And then I'd honestly put Michigan second just because. The UP is great. Yeah, the UP's basically a part of wisconsin so yep. many, like it's just an easy little destination yeah and then and then i'm going iowa oh because i just think it's it's just there i put minnesota higher see that's the only one that i'm caught between ohio 
I think the I mean gr- Iowa and Minnesota. The Great Lake states are my top three: Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. But Illinois is definitely in the bottom, followed closely by Ohio. Yeah, yeah. And then there, it's like it's less of a ranking and more of like a god tier, middle, and then shit tier. And shit mm-hmm. tier is definitely um, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois for me. I love many I people from Illinois, um, and it's not their fault that they were born there. It's just like. One of those things where when you're driving and you look in front of you because someone – they made a stupid mistake, so you check their license plate, you know it's going to say Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. It just happens. And if it doesn't, I'm like, oh, sorry, bud. <laughs> Didn't mean to take out that anger on you. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of it's, a little bit of it is unfounded. Like, my sister, for some reason, hates Illinois and she'll rag on it. And I've lived there for almost two years now. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've earned the right to hate Illinois a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, for all of those um, I-pass stations, there are certainly a lot of potholes on those roads. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, not to say Wisconsin takes care of them, but, like, the Illinois DNR is slacking constantly. The infrastructure I is whatever. I love that you have specific reasons. Oh, my God. The Illinois DNR needs to step it up. I'm sorry. Like, Wisconsin DNR has been slacking and no longer removing roadkill from roads. Now mm-hmm. we have to do it, and we're not going to do that. Like, yeah. no offense, that deer carcass is a national treasure, and it's going to stay <laughs> on I-90 until it breaks down. No one else is going until to feed the fucking hawks. Explodes until it fucking explodes from, the, from it being so bloated. Yeah. Um, Illinois, though, like, we were doing construction at my school, and clearly there was construction runoff into the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. DNR didn't do shit. Wisconsin would have oh. shut that down immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I've sometimes thought, do you ever watch those shows about DNR people and, like, state wildlife whatevers? And, usually um, usually when I want to watch... Northwoods Law comes to mind. Oh, God. Usually... A game I, Warden. That's what I'm thinking wardens, of. Yes. I was never a Duck Honesty person. I do like shows no, about okay. people and animals. Very different. I love river monsters specifically. I... Love. I have a Jeremy Wade book from the Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I love river monsters. Jeremy Wade, oh, God dear. Sometimes when I am sitting alone at night, I just think of the way he says Aeropima. And I'm like, <sighs> Aeropima constantly in my head. He, my my dad and I used to watch that, but my dad also watches Northwood's Law. Sure. And that is different from Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty is this, just them fucking around. Northwood's law are game wardens actually enforcing DNR laws and restrictions and stuff like that. And sometimes I'm like, I would love to do that. Yeah, I have a friend who's a park ranger. It's not a tough job to get if you know some of your stuff. Yeah. I I just like, I want to come after people for not having boating licenses. Yeah, if I see you, drop a cigarette, but your ass is going to prison forever. Um, a cab, a cab, but also if you drop a cigarette butt in the woods, you're going to jail. It, definitely, that's going to be my backup plan. If all my other plans don't go according yeah. to plan, I'm just going to become a game warden and yeah. I'm going to cruise around in my truck and and come after these hicks. Yeah, as much as I idealize this like big city editor with like an office with windows, I'm reading manuscripts. Devil all day, wears like, Prada future, style, but without the fashion. But with books. But Meryl Streep is still there. <laughs> yeah. Um. I would love to just live the rest of my life in a remote cabin in the like Chiquamagon Nicolette National Forest up north. Nothing would make me happier. I have a retirement goal of becoming a goat herder. My goal is just to be able to retire. <laughs> <laughs> um, to become a goat herder, yeah. ideally in a Scandinavian country. Yeah. But I also don't want to idol- idealize them. I'm sure they have their all their issues as well. Yeah. But also, I just want to have goats and yeah. sell my goat cheese and milk and for my living 
yeah. and Every live in a cottage. Every time I see those ads where it's like, this remote town in Ireland needs someone to manage its coffee shop. We will I've pay you to live in seen the those apartment. Ads. I've seen What is your targeted get ad so... getting at, Carly? <laughs> Listen, all of my targeted ads are eco-friendly water bottles Ooh. and remote living. Yeah, I get a lot of Minnesota-based anti-smoking ads on oh. Spotify because they don't know where I'm at. Which, I mean, like, I'm happy about that. Yeah. If my phone knows I where I am, I've made a mistake. also get a lot of ads from Haley Williams endorsing some mental health brands. And I'm only okay with it because it's Haley Williams she and she could fucking you. curb stomp me. And I mean, I'd you sent me you. a video of you scream singing to Paramore maybe two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> because I just saw that ad too and I was in the car with my friend and I was like, you know what? I just saw this ad. We're going to listen to Paramore. And then I was like, Haley Williams could actually kill me. And I'd be like, thank you, sir. Can I have another? Thank you for misery business. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> Literally. Um, so that's the only reason I'm okay with those ones. She is the only exception. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and yeah, what are we doing? Oh, writing. When did you start writing? You were talking about as a child oh, writing. Yeah. As, and like, I want to get into that because it had a great influence on my life. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I have been working on more serious projects recently. And I've been thinking like, damn, when I finish this manuscript... I have to do that dedication page. And there's a lot of people that I owe like a lot of my work ethic or motivation to primarily being Mr. Hoffman. Shout out Mr. H. Who's no longer working in that job. No. Um, He got a different position in the school system. Yeah, I, I want to say it's a math yes, helper. He, aid, yeah. A more like, like general district wide position. Mm-hmm. But that was also 10 years ago. So I don't know where he's working now. Um, I do know he's on the school board. I voted for I him. I saw that. I did yes. too. Um, he wrote, we had to do this story project. I remember. We, we hand wrote like a three-ish page short story. Mine was eight because of how I am as a person. Um, yeah. and I hand And you wrote did it. this once again in Mrs. Treats. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Um, eighth grade class when where I turned it like had to be page. eight pages and Carly's was fucking 30. And I was like right. writing mine and I was like, it has to be seven pages. I'm at 14. Wow. And then Carly came and in. I was and like, was interesting. Like, I just finished chapter two. It was literally. 40 pages. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just wrote this like little thing. And of course, because I was 11, it was like female protagonist, spies, Um. girl has this great opportunity where she's introduced to this whole new world. And then it ends... It's basically the first chapter of Divergent, but not creative, and I hadn't read it yet. <laughs> uh, the whole genre of strong female protagonist um, gets into this like whole new world that she doesn't know it exists, and then it just fucking stops. But I turned that in. I transcribed it with like blue and green pens onto lined paper with my best penmanship. Wasn't great. Again, fifth grade. Um, I illustrated a cover that was not good. I don't know where this is, and I don't want to know where it is. Um, oh god! <laughs> but in the like feedback for it, he was like ninety nine. Good job. I like missed a comma somewhere or some shit. I don't know. But he said, "I can't wait to read your first novel on it." And I, eleven year old me was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna latch on to that. I'm gonna latch <laughs> on to that so hard, and I'm gonna think about that when I'm 20. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Okay, great. I remember that project too, yes. and I remember also enjoying it, and I remember. You were also really good at writing. And also you guys, you you and Emily and that whole group of people were constantly reading. And I, I had been reading 
as well, but not as much as you guys. I had no life. And I had attempted to read Harry Potter in third grade because that's when my sister read it. And then mm-hmm. I, I met you guys in fifth grade and I was like, I should finally read it. And then after that, I was like, oh my God, now these guys are also reading Percy Jackson. I'm going to read that, which is now like my favorite childhood book series yeah, of all read time. It because for some reason, the last book was the like battle of the books thing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll jump to the end of the series for some like extra credit points mm-hmm. for my teacher. Anything to impress an authority figure. Yes. Um, so then I went back and I read the whole series, read the mm-hmm. whole sequel series, read the extra series. Yeah. Yeah. And it just it holds up. Like I still read his newer books and stuff like that. Like he's just so good. And I hear there's a lot of people giving him shit now. They shouldn't. He's great. Yeah. Like he deserves shit, but also he's great. Like it, you can do both. Yeah. Um, there's a difference between doing something stupid because you don't care because it's malicious and doing something earnestly and doing an imperfect but still good job. Yeah, like you think you're doing the a good thing and then it backfires kind yeah, of. Yeah, and it, again. Anyway, so yeah, you guys were reading all that and it, I got into it and then I was just like, that was my, from fifth grade to like eighth grade was my peak living my best um, reading life and I have yet to get back into it. This and was I before want to. the age of BuzzFeed or you quizzes where you could figure out what Greek godparent you yeah. were. Like we were getting so many computer viruses yeah. from consuming fan content. This was before Archive of Our Own. Damn so we were straight. reading fanfiction.net. I writing was on fanfiction.net. I was on oh, Wattpad. Wattpad. Yes. Yeah. I, was, I had over 50,000 reads on my... Oh, my God. I was so incredibly jealous. I had like 2,000 on the world's worst Percy Jackson sh- fanfiction. Shit. It was, it was bad. It was literally Yours just was a fine. ripoff. Mine was bad. No, mine was horrible, too. Oh, great. It was literally a ripoff of all the people writing the like Percy Jackson characters in high school, and I did that, too. And somehow it got 50,000 reads. And towards the end, I was just like, they're having karaoke night. And then I'd throw in songs and just the song lyrics and Man, whatever, but people still fit. liked it. Um, anyway, yeah, so you guys you're in your friend group really fed that love for me for it for me and then I actually okay started writing too because you were always writing and I was like this is kind of cool and it helps because now looking at it you wanting to write in some capacity and I kind of want to be a screenwriter and it fits because we always wrote very differently I would always read yours and I'd be like this is way different than mine and for a while I was kind of like that means it's bad and but I got over that quickly and I realized that and Mr. Hoffman did a similar thing to me. He didn't say the novel thing because mine wasn't as good. But <laughs> it I'm was sure like- it was good in a different way. Mine was just good in this. Mine was, I mean, again, bad. Mine was good for a fifth grader in the specific way they made him say that. Yeah. And mine was probably more humor oriented or something more like enjoyable that. More enjoyable of a read. No, no. <laughs> Not a joke. I but he still like fed because he would also just, he was one of the first teachers that I saw give a lot of attention to writing in general. And mm-hmm. that's what helped me. And then oh, yeah. again with Mrs. Treat, when she assigned a bunch of creative writing assignments or something, or nonfiction or whatever, I wrote a book about a girl whose dog was getting experimented on and all of a sudden he could talk and his name is Robert De Niro. And I you wrote something, that. And you, I wrote some sci-fi thing. Yeah, you wrote some sci-fi thing about time travel or Probably. whatever. And again, fun, yeah. speaks very oh much about our individual character. <laughs> I just fully remembered that it was a time travel thing where she runs into her past self and has to like fully sacrifice herself so that the other yeah. characters can live i hey spoiler alert i just wrote divergent <laughs> over the course of fifth sixth seventh eighth grade just wrote divergent yeah um can't remember what the author cassandra no that's not cassandra claire no it's how not, dare you it's not stephanie it's, uh, Meyer. veronica roth veronica roth um you know where's who, my check who wrote divergent and then it became popular and didn't know what she wanted to do with it so then and then the it last became terrible horrible. yeah they were all right I hated it. As someone who loves the Hunger Games, 
Divergent really just threw away its okay. shot. We've Hallie and I talked about this, I think maybe on the pod, but definitely in person, where we think The Hunger Games is such a good both movie example and book example of a good book series and a good movie adaptation. I will take that a step further and say that it is the perfect like societal critique reading the books and then looking at the marketing for the film and the marketing for the books after they blew up um Mm. the american consumer culture oh my god this i'm getting deep hi my name is joe rogan and welcome (laughs) to carly's deep economic experience but it's like this whole portrayal of consumerist culture is something that'll like fully throw away your ethics and morality Mm. in order to just get um and when you look at the marketing for the hunger games everything is like themed it's like oh what district are you capital themed makeup lion yes and i literally was just thinking that and they made again just like with with um twilight which it made sense like a team edward team jacob thing they tried to do that with the hunger games specifically i remember too when they had her sing hanging tree yes they made a pop remix of it on the radio i got so pissed i was like this is exactly what the it's capital a song about and the lynching. Yeah. yeah. I was like, and this is exactly what the capital would do in the books to ruin the power behind the song and make it into something it's not. It's like if the Beatles did a like pop British rock wave cover of Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit or something. Literally, yeah. And sorry um, if you don't know anything about Billie Holiday <laughs> or the Beatles. And I just got really, I got really, I remember the first time actually I heard that because I was in a car while my sister ran inside to pick up something at a store sure, and she came experience. back and I, it was playing on the radio and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she was like, Jesus, Katie, what? And I was like, you haven't read the Hunger Games, but this is exactly what the Capitol would do. And she was like, chill. It's on the, calm down. It's the fucking Z100 channel. Again, coming back. 4.1 WJVL. Yeah. Yes. Coming back to my hatred for the Elvis Duran in the morning show. He's fine. No, I have war against them because they usurped or usurped however you pronounce that fucking word my favorite morning show connie and curtis okay that's fine there was nothing else to listen to at 6 30 a.m when i was driving to band practice yeah so. that's also what i would listen to with my mom on the way to school yeah. um but yeah and then i think also just hallie and i talked about like harry potter obviously a great movie adaptation but again you're missing certain things that i really wish were included and i get it it can't be four hours long yes. but the Hunger Games, I have very rarely had that with. The yeah. only, I can name a few things off the top of my head, but I'm not even upset that they excluded them because, like... Yeah, they played up the romance, but also that might have been my experience following it as a teenager. Yeah. Where, like, more attention was paid to that, especially because, I mean, in the books, the whole idea of this, like, love triangle interpersonal conflict as a distraction for class conflict is something we're seeing a lot these days. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Gen Z versus millennials or millennials versus... Um, baby boomers when the whole issue is in generations it's class conflict yeah and you're just feeding the american public something to distract them so they don't realize what the actual problem is and who their actual allies are Mm -hmm. this could be a whole separate podcast it literally could because it's such a great example of literally almost every issue a society faces yeah and i yeah again i also just felt like i remember reading the books and I remember then watching the movies and somehow the movies and Harry Potter did this too, but in a different way, the movies took exactly how I was feeling while reading the books and feeling like I am yeah. and, and putting it on screen from straight up like the score to the, the just like the way it's filmed. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm not a big movie person. I didn't watch the last two Hunger Games films until about halfway through lockdown. I'm not going to call it quarantine because we're adults. We can sit in our homes for two months. Yeah, like you're true. fine. 
um, the first couple months into lockdown when my sister was watching them. Um, and I really enjoyed them. Yeah. Honestly, Catching my, Fire is my favorite. I think they did a great job. The first one was good, but it was yeah. like a clearly a product of 2013 mm-hmm. trend wise. And yeah. Yeah. Um, all I have to say about that is reread The Hunger Games as an adult like applying what you've mm-hmm. learned about politics since you read them as a teenager especially in 2021 oh yeah because we've gone through so much in the last year and a half and two years really however you can yeah. really extend that to however long you want that i think will be illuminated in a different light both in the books and in yeah hell read it in 2022 you know like you can apply it to the trump and biden presidencies yeah anything about like the um early 20s american political climate okay so now we haven't seen each other in a while yes um because of the pandemic but also because you go to school in Illinois. yes last i saw i was stealing a guitar from you in march yeah yes. <laughs> no you returned it too i saw you when you returned it hmm? oh i did not i still have you it. still have it i asked if you wanted it back and you said nah Oh, yeah, because I don't use it. Yes. It's okay, that sounds right. Room. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that was the last time I saw you full a full pandemic ago. Yeah, one pandemic still going ago. on. <laughs> and um, so let's do a little catch-up segment. Sure. Um, first and foremost, when I asked what you wanted to catch up on, you said Spanish major? Oh, yeah. I made an offhand joke because I went into college as a double major with English and Spanish. I am now a triple major with a minor in Spanish. I am studying... Hi, my name is Carly Davis. I'm a sophomore at Augustana College, and I'm studying English creative writing and studio art with a focus in oil painting and intaglio printmaking. I didn't plan on doing an art major in college. I mean, it's a sort of a useless degree for what I'm using it for. Certainly very good for other people who want to be career artists. Um, I'm doing it for fun. I'm lucky to have a scholarship that covers it. Nice. So I can sort of justify still being able to do art. Mm-hmm. And it's the, like the one class out of like other than creative writing classes Yeah, out of my DACA where I'm like, oh, I can just have fun in this one. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky to only have one like serious academic major and the other one's just things that I like. That's the dream, baby. Sometimes college is good. Often yeah. it's bad. <laughs> um, okay. And then I also have looking back at D.C., we went on a trip to D.C. for our AP um ap government government class and <laughs> it was you episode one guest matt again mm-hmm. and Quadi episode three guest and just a good old group of people yeah. I, that i actually had a, re- a lot of fun on the trip we were roomies and um let's just let's talk about it i look back at it and i just think what a time i had so much fun and i Partly because I probably wouldn't have as much fun. I didn't have any interviews. We were supposed to get interviews with famous people, big people, smart people. Yeah, Congress was not in session when yeah, we which went. They I waited think, until we wanted to come and then they left. Yeah, and I think that's a stupid thing to yes. plan around. It was before the 2018 midterms. <laughs> yes. Um, Or it just was. So um, the like blue wave that happened in 2018, people were still moving in. They hadn't established themselves yeah. yet. Um. AOC was certainly like a prevalent figure, but you couldn't say like, oh, damn, I want an interview with her because you didn't know what she was up to yet. Exactly. And you also couldn't. Well, I told Madigan he should go for it because his was gun control and he has a huge crush on her. He also wants to marry AOC. (laughs) He has a huge crush on her. And I was like, well, she's talked a lot about it on the campaign trail. I'm sure you can attempt, but he did not. Yeah. Um, And so it was kind of a bummer and really hard to get interviews. But I still had so much fun because I didn't have any. So I was we were all kind of just let loose in the city to do whatever we want if we didn't have interviews. Yeah. Except all of- for scheduled times we had to be certain places. Yeah. And I just remember being like, 
wow, the city's dope as hell. Like I didn't, I had been there once before when I was like 12 and I picked up on so many things you don't pick up when you're 12. Like I had like a very particular energy that I haven't felt in other cities. And I just liked seeing all the cool places with our friends. Yeah. I think you're definitely looking at it differently when you're alone Yeah, too. I mean, I went there with my family the year before, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and like different going on a family trip when your dad's like, oh, we're going to go to this museum yeah. or this first rather than being, okay, I'm on my own. I'm wearing heels, even though they said not to, yeah. I'm wearing a little suit and I have my little briefcase. Yeah. My interviews didn't fall into place until like the bus ride okay. there. Can we talk about how fucking impressive this was? So hardly anyone <laughs> had any substantial interviews. Like most people at this point are falling back either on like their fifth choice state officials or like whoever we were set up to meet already through our teacher stuff like that because all my stuff I had to do it was like all my fifth choices I met with one person in person in DC I had to call everyone else outside of times or whatever Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's typically how most people's went with a few exceptions and Carly was going in with hardly any interviews scheduled and we had requirements to meet like we had to have two interviews scheduled by however many days. Yeah, or I was like busting that. my ass. At this point, I had four years of experience with the newspaper. Yeah. Like I knew how to ask for news. I could for some like for someone with massive social anxiety, I could talk to adults. Oh, for sure. I was sending my emails. I was calling my numbers. Yeah. I um the only interview I had set up was a maybe interview with someone from the human rights campaign. Yeah. So she went in with one maybe and came and by the time we touched down there through that bus ride had what nine oh i had like nine in the works i ended up doing i think five or six okay the top ones i remember were with obama's secretary of the interior i botched <laughs> that one so hard it was a phone interview and i was in a loud room and i felt so bad but it was very cool to talk about i talked about um how stone um like the stonewall bar mm-hmm. was established as a national landmark during obama's presidency with her, that was very cool. Also, like, uh, to be in the Department of the Interior would just be great. I love national parks if we haven't established that. <laughs> the other one was I went to the museum and they had a big thing about – Museum. Sorry. News. Museum. Like, like news like, and yeah. museum. It sounded um, like you just said the museum. <laughs> I also have a bad habit that I, like, stick with out of spite of saying museum instead of museum. And people give me so much shit for it. So incredibly intentional. Museum. But they had a whole exhibit on, um, like, use of, like, the word gay, the word mm-hmm. queer. That's so cool. In, um, like, news publishing, in post, um, like, was independent that magazines that went through. Was that something? So Carly's topic was? Uh, the Equality Act yeah. before it passed in the House this we year. We each had to choose a topic. And so she had that one. So basically, she had to go through and get interviews related to it. Yeah, I'm just tracking down gay people. It's just <laughs> McCarthyism all over again. She man. was just doing fucking Billy Eichner. <laughs> on the street. Are you gay? <laughs> yeah, I was just yelling, let's go, lesbians. Yeah, literally. The streets of DC. Um, um, all of that. And then I went down to the information desk, the customer tab, and I was like, hi, um, do you have publicly available information about the curator of this exhibit on this mm-hmm. floor? And he said, oh, sure. Our curator is this, this here. Give me a business card. And then I sat on a bench in a grove surrounded by cherry trees. They were all blossoming and it was a beautiful moment and I called that number and I had a really nice phone interview just wandering around in my suit doing oh my business God. talks with he, the curator of the museum. He, you literally called him and was like, hey, can I interview for a sec? And he was like, yeah. I was like, hi, you have five minutes, blah, blah, blah. And she was great. Um, have not followed up with 
the rest of her work. Yeah. Do you remember specifically eating at this little? It's it was kind of like a bodega. Madigan got kimbap. I got an egg salad sandwich. I also got an egg salad sandwich. But do you great. remember eating there? And it wasn't like the cleanliness. No. Cle- like we literally went to the bathroom at one point, and when I tell you guys this was the weirdest fucking bathroom I've ever been in, you literally walked down their inventory hallway. Yeah. And then like into their like tiny ass little bathroom. Anyway, we were eating there, and we were like. This was before we had a huge interview as a class with, like, I want to say Ron Johnson, our senator. Um, No, it was one of our teacher's friends who was a conservative representative from oh, Alabama. Yes. I didn't go to it because he was wildly homophobic and I did not want to be involved in that. So yes. Rectal and I hung out outside in the pouring rain. Yes. Okay. So we went there and... Oh, God, I'm so happy you missed that. He was such a dick. Yeah, I had a real feel the rain on your skin moment. No one else can feel it for you, only you can let it in. Yeah. We <laughs> Shout out Natasha Bedingfield. <laughs> Do you want to be on the pod? Yes, you just come pod, girl. Natasha. Um, anyway, so we were eating at this place, and Madigan went really wild. And when I tell you, again, anxiety linked to my bowel movements. I had not had a shit this whole week. <laughs> so I was stuck pretty safe, and Madigan got went out on a limb and got – Korean bibimbap because it was like a Korean little restaurant. Yeah, it was. I mean, it looked good, but it was something he had never had before. Yes, and perhaps I would have tried it on something else oh, yeah. like that. If it was in Jane, so if it was in Madison, hundred yes, percent would have done. But the not trip. when I'm across the country in the biggest moments of Already my life about at the time. To throw up, Literally, know? so I just had an egg salad sandwich and I ate like half of it. Anyway, Madigan was eating this, and we were like, "How funny would it be if we all got fucking food poisoning from bad mayo and eggs?" Yeah, literally going into this huge interview. And then we all were joking about it. Ha, ha, ha. And then we leave and it's pouring rain and our fucking umbrella broke. Chloe Busher's umbrella our broke. Our shared umbrella. Our shared umbrella because she was the only one who fought to bring it. And it's literally, guys, when I say it was a fucking nor'easter. Oh, yeah. It was Sheets bad. Of rain. Literally. And we had to walk all the way back up Capitol Hill, right? Yep. To get to this person whatever and i remember there was a bus full of korean tourists who had their little ponchos and just were staring at us i was so wildly jealous of them literally and we're literally it was like wind fighting against you your nice clothes are drenched we show up everyone else of course had a fucking umbrella and we're waiting for everyone to show up and they were all dry as can be mr meyer had been caught in the rain too like we weren't the only ones but but it was still like oh we're the outsiders yes we showed up drenched we go into the bathrooms i'm we're literally raining out our hair like in a fucking bad movie scene (laughs) (laughs) and it was oh it was horrible and we were sitting down with this guy and you're just, your ass cheeks are soaked. Like, it was just so weird. I was on a bus. I was fine. I was doing yeah, great. Yeah. Again, hanging out with Sarah Brechtel, guest, future out. guest on the pod. Hopefully, hopefully. And that was a moment. And then also, I remember my topic was Black Lives Matter, which I want to apologize to anyone who uh, watched my presentation on it. It was severely underdone well, and here's- un- because I lost all my notes yeah. somehow, like a fucking rookie. And to this day, one of the biggest regrets of my life is not putting in the um, – it, what it deserved i got like a b minus on it well, which was it was generous. also 2019 very different time it had um, kind of been for white people anyway yeah had been kind of a lull in the for news cycle white for that midwesterners um like the big like topics were gun control yeah. or like marriage equality and had our, like and that. like so most of the black lives Abortion. matter like business at the time had kind of been done yeah. for our from our perspective you were looking at shootings that happened in 2015 exactly and earlier and yeah. so like obviously there's a lot more that could be added now but so i went to the national african-american history museum that was super cool 
because that was one of the only things that really applied to my topic. And we, um, they had a whole Oprah exhibit in the basement for that whole month or whatever. So we went down there and it was really cool. I had nothing, I couldn't use it, but it was just super cool to see. Yeah. Um, I had a child. Oh, congrats. <laughs> Do you remember I had you a really dinosaur egg? Catch up. I had a dinosaur egg. Yeah, you tried to birth it in a bathtub in a hotel room. Yes, I did birth it in a – I had a water birth. Yeah, great. <laughs> I missed that. Um, yeah, because I had to go to the other person, our other friend's suite, because the um, someone was showering in arts, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. Luckily. And <laughs> – I just remember our chaperones were coming in to check on us and tell us to go to bed. And I was in the wrong room and they were like, why are you here? And I was like, I'm giving birth. 11 p.m. on your knees in another person's bathroom. Yeah. And I just like showed them my dinosaur egg that I got at the Natural History Museum. I was like, I'm a mother now. God, what a great museum. Job hunting. Oh, yeah. I hate it. Okay. Do you have any jobs right now? I mean, tying back to like D.C., and constantly sending emails and constantly being rejected. You felt like a productive mini adult. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was a fish out of water, which is like what I'm doing now. I'm, I have two paid jobs on campus, one unpaid. I am an editor for our paper. I am a seamstress in our costume department because you can never really escape theater. And I have an unpaid like sort of internship slash volunteer position. Um, working at our art literary magazine, which Hallie also works at. But I am struggling to find field experience for summer work. I worked at Festival Foods summer after graduated. Next summer, I worked at Menards. Thank you for the money, Menards. Um, but I want things that are valuable for my resume. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at like freelance copy editor jobs, freelance copywriter jobs, um, editorial internships at any sort of publishing situation. Um magazines journals like even textbook companies Mm -hmm. um i applied for one at mcmillan all of those big five publishers um simon and schuster like mcmillan like scholastic that sort of thing Mm -hmm. are incredibly competitive i bet and often they're driven by people who are already like living in new york or going to nyu or columbia yeah so it's like, how am I going to outcompete someone for a job when they already know two people working for the company? Mm-hmm. They have already like done a workshop through this company before for school. Mm-hmm. They don't know who I am. I'm based in Wisconsin, Illinois, or Iowa. Like, I'm lucky that I can get Madison, Chicago, and Iowa City or Cedar Rapids. Um, but that's not where publishing is, and it kind of really sucks. The um, the dream is adult editorial publishing. Yeah. Um, and I mean adult in age range, not necessarily in content. If mm-hmm. I wanted to erotica. edit or write Harlequin, Harlequin, like erotica novels, easy job. I could, do that. <laughs> I could easily write. You um, used the word member 10 times in this paragraph. <laughs> Can we <laughs> switch that out? Yeah. I don't want to say any other euphemism in like professional <laughs> context, but you need to stop saying member. Um, I could probably um not to be um stupid bang out a bridgerton style novel <laughs> print, like in that's what hallie's months. always saying because hallie has this fascination with fan um fanfic and like the erotica one like she reads it and tries to find the weirdest ones she can and stuff oh yeah people do that yeah and she's like i could write such a fucking good erotica after my study (laughs) doing all this and i was like you know what i'm sure those people actually make a solid oh living go for it yeah yeah. um you could spin a wheel and be like 
Okay, okay, okay. It's a servant girl. And uh, um, Duke. And they're trapped in a... That outdoor patio from Pride and Prejudice 2005, <laughs> directed by Joe Wright. That's my mom's one of my mom's favorite movies of it's all time. It's one of my favorite movies. She quotes it like when we watch it. It's one of those movies where she's literally saying the words as they say it. It's so. Would impressive. I necessarily want a man to confess his love for me again? No, um, but if it was a guy in the pouring rain wearing like a poet shirt saying "I love you most ardently" and then making fun of my family, maybe. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. It's not off the table. It's not off the table but like don't take notes <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i feel like that's just that's a genre that i could crack into pretty easily and these i mean they're what like a four dollar trade paperback mm-hmm. people are going to actually buy it i think it'd be easier to sell four trade paperbacks of harlequin erotica than it would be to sell one twenty five dollar novel this is your backup plan. This is my backup. No. no. <laughs> um, my backup plan is applying for every single editorial assistant job slash grad school. You could be the DNR's yeah. go-to. I could be a columnist for the DNR and be like, chronic wasting disease, still happening. Fish. <laughs> Not enough of them. Stop doing fishing for a bit. We planted yeah. carp in the river and it's gone bad again. <laughs> God. This is just like the Rock River in 2008 when it flooded. I constantly think about when I was seven years old, standing on Main Street in Jane's where the farmer's market usually is. Some would say you've never grown past I've never that. left. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am at 20. I am seven years old, standing on the sidewalk of Main Street next to my mother and siblings, and I am watching a carp swim up the drive and then down Main Street, going a block, and then down again. There was just something really weirdly specific and impactful watching that happen um it sticks with you big weird stupid when, smooth fish when you see them carp they when don't you, they don't they're imprinted in your mind when you see those carp speaking of imprinted we already talked about twilight and i just i need to go back to that for a hot oh, second i can talk a lot about twilight i mean yeah i mean it got big again back in 2020 because people weren't doing anything i rewatched the whole series with the people i live with i can this is horrible Oh. It is such a bad movie. Oh, Movies, books. No, they're great. But I can happily watch them anytime. Yeah. And I will be satisfied because it's funny, but still, like, it's funny, but you're still invested. The first movie, decent. There are too many stupid bad plot points for me to, like, love the other ones because I'm, again, a very, like, writing heavy person. I love Breaking Dawn Part 2. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I. Don't know why. I just also really like um, the fact that every time something dramatic happens, my mom and my sister make fun of it for this all the time. They all look at every person in the room before responding. It'll be like, Edward is throwing himself into the sun because he can't live without Bella. And then everyone stares at each other for like 10 minutes like, oh. (laughs) Bella's jumping off a cliff again. Um, Yeah, there are too many issues. The entirety of Jacob's storyline the fact that um, the local tribe was never paid yeah. for any of the rights mm-hmm. um, for being fully misrepresented constantly. Talk about Native American Talk misrepresentation. About, yeah, poor treatment Full of Native circle. Americans. Um, the whole scene where she gives birth and dies and Ugh. they show her spine breaking and there's this sound of it. Oh my, the scene where they have sex, the scenes 
where they have sex mm-hmm, baby. are bad. I love that a major plot point is Edward and too Bella horny. can't have sex too horny to because function. he's dick. His dick he's will dick. kill her. No, it's beyond that. It's that he apparently has no self-control and will hurt her or kill her. I'm in. No, like what a weird standard to set for young women. Oh, definitely. To say that like, oh yeah, you should just be used to the fact that men have too much power and can hurt and kill you. And when men I... get overwhelmed, they might kill you. That which... whole Sam with his wife where he scratched her face. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole one. That is the same thing too. Yeah. Um, I, Zach Kornfeld of the Try Guys fame. Yep. Has a podcast called Guilty Pleasures where they talk about bad movies, bad movies. they love. Yeah. Yes. And they with did Twilight. Kelsey and Garrick. Garrick. And they did Twilight. Yeah. And Kelsey said at one point, she was like, what teenage girl didn't want her blood sucked? And I was like, me. me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Nor do I now. Like, it just, it's just so weird. That's not, I don't think that's why girls found Edward attractive. No, and it also, was because he looked so sickly all the time. Yes. I can fix him she with also a vitamin said, C tablet. She said when he walked in, he was like, she, he's sick. Someone get him some vitamin D. Like, yeah. This man um, needs a glass of vitamin water. Yes, for sure. And it was also, they pointed out how, like, you see Kristen, and she can kind of pass for our high schooler. Yeah. But then the minute the other vampires show up, it's like, oh, they're 40. Like, yeah. how are they passing for high school? And I saw a tweet, and it said, why not just bump it up to college? Yeah. Like, yeah. what's the point? Let them drink. Yeah. They've been alive for this long. Dear God, let them drink. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know. Who would elect to go through high school over and over and over again. I know we've talked about it a fair amount, um, but certainly not me. Oh, yeah. I would not. Yeah. Some would say, and I would agree, that I peaked in high school so far. Also, why do they have to go to school at all? Why can't they just live in that house? Exactly. <laughs> um, but some would say I peaked in high school and I still would not go back. I wouldn't say you peaked in high school. That seems self-limiting. Well, I mean, I, I'm not letting it bar me from growing yeah. in the future but as of right now i've peaked you're in a school. lull i'm in a lull yeah and <laughs> boy am i having a happy little lull yeah but i don't want to be in the you're lull. building skills for the next jump hopefully yeah like you peaked in elementary school took a dive in middle school to build some skills peaked in high school we're just operating in waves right here damn straight damn straight couldn't have said it better myself Speaking of other media properties. Yeah, speaking of beloved media properties, you and I are both fans of Jim Henson's beautiful creation, The Muppet Oh, Show. we're hopping right into the ranking. I've been looking at my list for an hour. Well, first, can I say that Carly, um, again, I don't know how often you listen to the podcast. Don't worry if you don't. Sure. I saw, I was dog sitting and I saw making pizza with my friend and Carly put on her story, I'm in home, I'm home yep. and I have not yet been asked to be on Katie's podcast. And that made me sad and also laugh really hard because I have a list of podcast guests I want and Carly has been on it since day one. And since day one, I have had a slash next to her name that says, don't allow on the show, (laughs) rank the Muppets, because I have so many passionate opinions about the Muppets. And I knew that and I wanted to talk about them on here, but I knew I had to get someone who would match my passion and or exceed it. And so I knew it had to be Carly. So today we're going to be ranking the pup the Muppets, but really just oh, discussing you can't them. Call them puppets. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. <laughs> God, stupid. <laughs> sorry, um, uh, but not necessarily ranking so much as discussing. Yeah. I have mine in a set list, but Carly seemed to have a lot more. Well, you said five, and I said um, absolutely not. There are just there's too many beautiful little options. 
There's too many, um, again, Jim Henson's beautiful creations. We will not be talking about Sesame Street no. or The Dark Crystal. We appreciate them. Yes. And we acknowledge that they are related. I've known I a lot like of I don't like to people. acknowledge The Dark Crystal, so there is that. Okay, that's fair. I've heard a lot of people be like, they're not Muppets. They are. They are Muppets. They're made by the same person. The yes. same person produces them, but they're not the same entity. No. Um, just like some would say Disney, Pixar, ESPN, and Discovery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And National Geographic yeah. as well. Um, so I'm. would you like to start? Yeah. So, I mean, there are Muppets that I love and there are Muppets that I tolerate and there are Muppets that I detest. There's three categories. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's like the tears. Mm -hmm. So, my shit list of Muppets, and this isn't like by no means all like 40 something of them, you know, but the my least favorite Muppet, I'm um, going to come right out and say it. Controversially. Miss Piggy. I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> yes. I think... Her and Kermit's relationship have set it up where she has to be included in all the Muppets, but yeah. I don't think she should be. I find her annoying and just a testament to how women were viewed. Yes, I tolerate her in Pigs in Space because I think it's funny. I've However, it. you can have – oh, it's a recurring bit that appears in some episodes. That's okay. It's fine. Um, it sounds Miss funny. Piggy, yeah, is cast as this diva character who's obsessed with maintaining her relationship with Kermit – regardless if he wants to be involved or exactly. not. This is abuse to Kermit. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's unhealthy. It's an imbalanced relationship. No one has to be perfect, but Miss Piggy makes no effort to improve. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's my by far least favorite Muppet. Um, alongside, again, Crazy Harry, <laughs> who has just rotten vibes. I mean, you look at a picture of this guy and it's so abundantly clear that he likes to blow things up. I, Cartley, you have a more vast information yes. about it. I just know most of the movies and yeah. I had not seen this man or remembered seeing him. Yeah. And I saw a picture of him when we looked up all the Muppets. He's and holding I a detonation. Immediately like was thrown off. Yeah. At how creepy he is. Yes. He has no eyelids, but he does have like red under eye bags just in order to show that this man does not sleep. <laughs> um, he only like lusts for violence. Yeah. Um, he looks like a falsified racial racial caricature for an Eastern European nation during the Cold <laughs> War. <laughs> and I stand Honestly, by that. I agree. Yeah. You're dead on. I also don't like Janice, the like only other <gasps> woman Muppet. I'm sorry. I don't like her. Oh. She seems like um, she has really big – who sings Lady Marmalade? The, um, Christina Aguilera. Yes. I, who I don't like. Sorry. Why don't you like Christina Aguilera? Vibes. She does have some odd vibes, but I respect her as a Also, she as a woman. hired j young Japanese women to follow her around in the mid-2000s, and I don't love that. Why? Because they were seen as props. Oh yeah, it's rough. She, I don't hate her, but like, what has what does she provide the show with? What does she do? Well, like I said, I did do a ranking of five. Great. And Janice is my number five. Oh, okay. That's because fine. I just like her vibe. Yeah. She seems super laid back, and like she's definitely high. You know what? Why aren't she and Kermit together? He's high strung. He needs that. Yeah. That she's balance. not pushy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to be pushed. He's already like self assigning himself so much work. True, true. Yeah. I want to throw in with the dislike group. Yeah. And I have an, I have a begrudging love for him, but at the end of the day, he's going to end up in the mislike group. Okay. And that's Animal. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I liked him in the Muppet movie 2011. Great. Because I thought, you know, they didn't give him too much. That's not Muppets Take Manhattan, is it? No. Okay. That's the one with Jason Segal. Yeah, Am I Man or a Muppet? Yes. Also Amy Adams, right? Yes. Yeah. My favorite song of all time, Man or a Muppet. It is my most played song on Spotify. (laughs) I don't know why. I just – it won an Oscar and I'm so happy it did. Brief, um, like, sub line here. Yeah. I think um, you're a very manly Muppet. I'm a Muppet of a man. Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm glad you agree. Okay, (laughs) I do agree. Um, And so, yeah, uh, yeah that's that's where we're at yeah but, i think um, he plays the drums very well but also mm-hmm. he is a chaotic force but not in he's a chaotic neutral he's chaotic neutral and that can be fine that can also be very distracting when you're just kermit trying to put on a show yeah and someone's trying to make everything go bad and i think the way they portray him i feel like he would be more of an issue and show like they don't show him posing an issue you much in the show's production yeah but you, you know, know he's fucking things yeah. up yeah yeah so maybe that's just us and our theater experience, but he sucks. Yeah. This man's in the rafters. He's that one character from Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Yeah. I liked him in the sense that when he finally showed up in The Muppets 2011, I was like, yeah, now we got the whole game. And but he, that's as far as I felt. He's colorful. So like as a kid, I was like, this is good. He's mm-hmm. loud and he moves a lot. He's yeah. like fun spaghetti. But you grow out of the stage for yeah. like your love for him. Yeah. Um, those mm-hmm. are only the ones that were really on my shit list. I have yeah. a lot of middle ground ones, though. Yeah, I have a lot. I have a general fondness for the rest of them. The two I am neutral about, and I feel like they, for some reason, are paired together very well. Um, Swedish Chef and Bunsen and Beaker. They just have their weird... No, I don't feel bad about them. Don't make No, face. no, it's just... They, it's funny they have their like side show yeah. but they're rarely involved in it the swedish chef is a whole other thing okay. why is he swedish the swedish chef is fourth in my five yeah he's fine because my grandpa loves the swedish chef and it's so funny to see him do his impression and mm-hmm. i personally think i can do a pretty decent impression of this yeah it's chef. like a spongebob leaf erickson thing can i try it yeah go ahead really good <laughs> and um for those of you who can see, I did have the hand motions of the Yeah, chopping. they're essential. Yeah. And I just think, I don't know why. I just remember I saw, again, the Muppet movie 2011 with my grandpa in the theaters. And he normally doesn't go to see many movies in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And when Swedish Chef showed up, he was like, aha! <laughs> he got so excited. And I've just carried that love from, my grandpa passed that down to me. Yeah. Shout out Grandpa Tom. I think Swedish Chef would do very poorly on Top Chef, but he would absolutely <laughs> kill on Chopped and cut their yes. kitchen. He would mm-hmm. let someone die on Cut Their Kitchen so that he could win, and then he would just like, eat the money or something. I agree. I agree. And I yeah. think that also in my middle ground, I threw an 80s robot. Okay. I like That's 80s fine. robot, but again, doesn't serve much of a purpose. Yeah. But, he, you know, he's there. So, I mean, similar to Bunsen and Beaker, I mean, the only the few times they've had important roles in the rest of the show are in the Gildner Radner episode where they make very sticky glue and she gets it on her like feet and it pulls up the floorboards in her tap routine. I love Gildner Radner. So good. Um, and again, it's very important to have like queer representation in children's media, but Bunsen <laughs> and Beaker, I mean, like, man. There's just a lot to dig into about, like, Beaker having a non-speaking role, mm-hmm. Bunsen, like, overriding his autonomy. You can tell that there's something going deeper in their relationship that they aren't necessarily able to show on kids' TV. <laughs> there's something – there's some <sighs> control mechanism that's – I have – I have two honorable mentions. Great. Outside of my top five. Yes. And it's Statler and Waldorf. Love, yep. Love to see it. They're amazing. Fantastic representation. Yes. And Camilla the, and the rest of the chickens. Oh, my God. Yeah. 100%. When – 
they fulfill the role that Miss Piggy has of being a exactly. Diva. You don't exactly. need her, there. and they don't even talk really that much. They just yeah, sing, so talk. it's like like, like woman like, should they sing? Just- <laughs> <laughs> we can admit that there are not very many female icons of the Muppet character. Yes, it's definitely it's a male driven yeah. thing. Okay, so Janice was my five. Sweeter Chef was my fourth. Yep. Kermit, shockingly, is my third. Oh, okay. I appreciate That's Kermit, fine. and I love him. And he honestly should probably be higher because even he's had a renaissance with the memes. Oh. Like, I would say he's re- re-risen. re-risen. He is risen. Yeah, yeah. As in Kermit has revived himself in all these memes and vines and TikToks. So much and- of that can be attributed to Jim Henson's humor and, like, the specific puppeteering yes. of Kermit. He is and his, the- like, face. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a sock puppet face. Mm-hmm. It's something that very, like, it speaks primarily to what puppeteering is. Yes. A complicated sock puppet. Truly. Yes. And, like, I just remember the vine, all the vines of him, like, where he's like, come hello, mama, let me whisper in your ear. Uh, my favorite vine to this date is Kermit going, Shawnee, I don't. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then um, when he gets thrown off the building and they're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It's oh so God. good. And Dark Kermit, that was a good year oh, for memes. So good. Ugh. And him, I have on my my water bottle him drinking whiskey. Like, he's just so funny. Yeah. And Madigan does oh, a really good impression of Madigan's him. Rainbow Connection, Kermit so impression good. is outstanding. Um, we have talked, I mean, off mic about how Madigan is a wormy little boy. Yeah. But he is a Kermy little boy, I Dude, will say. He's, yeah, he's a wormy, Kermy boy. <laughs> All right. And then my number two, I have Beaker. Oh. Not why? Bunsen. I don't like Bunsen. Do you have some sort of empathetic connection to him because I think, he's been silenced? Yes. And I also think I like all the kind of. I, there's a trend between Swedish Chef and Beaker being in my five. Okay. And it's that they can't communicate. <laughs> they they try so hard. I just find Beaker so funny and so cute. And I just, I like his little hair. Yeah. And his he, he's a little stick boy. He's a little stick boy. He's a little beanpole. Yeah. And he's just trying to, I don't know. What more do you have on uh, appreciations for it? Um, for Beaker specifically? No, or just any of you on your list. What I've been looking at is this list where I have Fozzie Bear and Ralph Fozzie Bear's the Dog my number one. next to each other. Oh, Ralph I, the Dog. Fozzie Bear is fantastic. He's like a fun uncle. Ralph the Dog is like your uncle's husband. I have no gay uncles. This is not personal. But Ralph the Dog is like the English teacher you were really emotionally close to because they were mm. a safe space. He has this calm therapist energy. That I Miss Brechtel does not have calm and she doesn't kidding. She has Fozzie Bear. I know she doesn't, but like the English teacher you have an emotional connection with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Brechtel's a Fozzie Bear. Mr. Dan Meyer is a Ralph the Dog. Yeah. Fozzie Bear is my number one because I relate to him so much, I think. And that tracks that's why you and Brechtel got along so much. If I were a Muppet, I would be more I would be Fozzie Bear. Like I couldn't be a Muppet because I already exist as a Muppet, and it is Fozzie Bear. Oh, yeah. Do you remember in high school when I put Fozzie Bear in a Fonz outfit, and I had him yeah, go, it was really funny. waka waka? Oh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, yeah. Very, again, again specific one of my proudest moments. Wisconsin experiences, Happy Days takes place in Milwaukee. Yes. The Fonz is mm-hmm. a beloved Milwaukee state treasure. Truly. Yeah. Um, uh, I would like to bring up these this little triptych here, and it is Scooter, Gonzo, and Kermit. I have put them all together because they either have their shit together or they're trying to. 
um scooter being like a stage manager character mm-hmm. gonzo being scooter that show could not go on without oh my scooter. god yeah i mean and kermit's busy so being overwhelmed locked yeah. in chests mm-hmm. yeah okay i'm just constantly going back to the guilt around our episode kermit and scooter are two ends of the same like they couldn't they're sides of the same coin yes that's yes. what i meant to say they couldn't exist without each other and the show could not happen without their coexistence yeah kermit um it, well, Scooter is like if Kermit had an emotional support animal. I was going to say Kermit. Gonzo is Kermit has Kermit's like, emotional support animal. I was going to say Scooter is like Kermit's son. Actually, that um, is like looking after his. Someone I have mentioned as one of my favorite Muppets is, this is a deep cut, Robin the Frog. I saw a picture. It is yes. described in the, like the Muppet Wiki. Kermit's young, sweet-voiced nephew. Aww. He is tiny and delightful, and I would fucking die for him. I would kill for him. He is not my favorite Muppet. Yeah. My favorite Muppet is Gonzo. Why? I would not... If I had to choose you a favorite Muppet, it would not be Gonzo. What would it be? I, I Well, I, now I don't think I could answer honestly because yeah. I, don't, I, I know your list and opinions now. I think I am like assigned Kermit at first glance. I think so too, but I think Gonzo, just his destructive energy is yeah. not one that I would associate with you. I However, I would, again, Muppet Movie 2011 when he's working for the Toilet King or whatever, yep. I would associate that with Thank you. you. There is another <laughs> Muppet Movie moment um, on MMM with Gonzo and it is the great Muppet caper. Mm-hmm. Um, Ga- a movie I've only seen on VHS or on cable. <laughs> Um, Gonzo goes to hail a cab and what they do instead of lifting his little arm up, they have a taxi going towards him. And I think the taxi is driven by like Sam the Eagle doing a, like a Dick Van Dyke Cockney accent. Probably. Yeah. But it's this taxi throttling towards them and they have Gonzo hail a cab, not by lifting his arm, but they throw the puppet <laughs> into the street and they catch on camera this beautiful arc. Of Gonzo's limp, flaccid body, <laughs> flo- like flying off the sidewalk onto the pavement. Talk about the their knowledge, the Muppet producers, writers, whatever. Their knowledge of how much physical comedy they can associate <laughs> yeah. with just how funny they look when they are not being controlled. Yeah. Like yeah. even again in that vine of him just falling, <laughs> yeah. like. Obviously, that wasn't planned, but that's what's so funny about it. It's something about heavy, round body with little limbs trailing yes. after it. Like the jellyfish method of yes. physical comedy. Yeah. I just... Gonzo <laughs> heard here first in that moment. Heard here first. The jellyfish method of physical, physical comedy. comedy. Oh, my God. It's why when you fall, you always want to fall torso and head first. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> that's the funniest way to go. I... This is loosely related. Yeah, but I was watching the most recent, I believe, episode of Drag Race, and they had to their their theme for the uh, main stage or whatever walk was pockets. Oh, and uh, Got Mick, that's his name, Got Mick. I do not watch Drag Race, but okay. I'm just trying my best here. Okay, first of all, you would love it. Second of all, Got Mick, his name is a playoff of Got Milk. Yeah, I got it. Um, I figured that one out again. In Wisconsin was walking down. And he at first just looked like a traditional flasher. Sure. He had like a, a you know your traditional flasher, big yes. old trench coat, big shady old trench energies. Coat, yes. He walked down, and as he hit the top of the stage, he revealed, opened his trench coat like a flasher. Yeah. And it was all the watches or whatever. But his oh my God. his like 
one piece whatever suit was also made of really fancy gold watches and stuff like that and it was really it was a that's incredible stunning look honestly and they do a normal little talking head of why they chose that and Mm -hmm. he goes i was truly inspired by a scene in hercules where they a flasher as they enter the city of not athens it was the phoebes okay phoebes um when they enter phoebes is Anyone want a sundial? (laughs) (laughs) Opens it up. Impractical physical comedy. In that moment, I was like, "Fucking amazing!" (laughs) I didn't even like Scott Mick that much. And then he was like, "I was inspired by this one scene," and I was like, "Yes!" The most offhand joke in Hercules by far. A movie much like Emperor's New Groove that I could not be see being made today. Oh, and I could speak for hours about the making of Emperor's New Groove. I have not watched it in a long time, and I really need to go back and watch it because I know the comedy that was lost on me as a child will hit so much different. That was a movie that, against all odds, was made. I um, was having this conversation with someone. There's been talk of a Hercules live action, and I don't really want it to happen. Just film the musical and show it. I don't want it to happen, but if it does, Danny DeVito must reprise his role. Yeah. I mean, he's much older now. So? They'd have to CGI how quickly he can move. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Also, goat legs. That's already going to be a problem. They did it in Percy Jackson. What if they just pull up the actor from Grover and Percy Jackson? He's like maybe 40 now, but they're just going to have him play a washed up hero trainer. God, those fucking movies. I mean, they're going to make a Percy Jackson. I think it's an animated series through Disney+. Plus. No, they're doing... Live action again? It's, it's live action, I believe. But yeah, I but think But they're it's... doing an animated Kane Chronicles on Netflix. Oh, that's cool. I'm actually really pumped 3D. for that. I don't know. I'm actually really pumped for both of those because Percy Jackson, like, it's just one of those scenes where it needs it's rightfully done because it's yeah. so good. It's about and time. the fact that they employed Rick and his wife as writers for the show mm-hmm. is just like, I think on a, that's how it needs to be. I have higher hopes. I have very little interest in, like, teenagers' stories now. I do not. I will forever Katie, and always. Katie loves teens. <laughs> I'll say it again. <laughs> Yes. Um, I don't know why. I just will always love them. Me and my mom always watch those cheesy teen movies that you know are going to be bad. Like 16 Candles or Okay, like... first of all, I went 16 no, Candles 16 isn't is bad, fine. bad. It's fine. It's but got like, weird rapey energy. It but... does. Yeah. Um, so you don't mean like a John Hughes Breakfast Club sort of thing? I still love those. Okay, I great. I was going to say, they're all right. I think St. Elmo's Fire is a great evolution Here's my of those issues. Films. Here's my issue with Breakfast Club. Sure. It's one of those things. Also it, rapey vibes. Also rapey vibes. I do like the scene where they're all talking about how they got detention, because, yeah. especially when you hear that they all pretty much improvised that and made that up for their own character. Like, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. And you got to respect Jay Hughes. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. But also, it's one of those movies that all the wannabe film kids are like, oh, it's the best movie ever made. And I am <laughs> it's not. It's fine. It's fine. It's literally not the best movie no. ever made. It's a good movie. It's depending on the mood you're in, probably a great movie. Yeah. Maybe the first time it's a great movie, but you go back and you rewatch it and it's just a mad movie. Yeah. It's, it's good and it served a, a... See, that's the thing I've been struggling with lately. Media properties that served a purpose for their time and were great then, yeah. but are no longer Grease. great. Yes. I don't like Grease. I'm sorry. My mom... I know. It's my a hot mom take. physically can't watch Grease anymore. She tried to the other day and she was like, this is so cringy. I first watched it when I was a kid and I didn't care Like for Friends. It. Oh, I like Friends served a great purpose for the 90s and sitcoms oh, yeah. and all that, but it is not good. Same with How I Met Your Mother. Once it hit that point where it was like no longer useful to yeah. American television, it went off the rails. So I still friends. like it though. I don't know I why. Think- that scene, speaking of carp, 
that scene <laughs> where I don't know if you saw it where um what's his butt Marshall yes. thinks he can do stand up so yeah. he gets up there and he just lists off types of fish that's <laughs> fucking amazing I don't know why I that's a move up. that I would do and like, like I've watched videos of Madigan bombing stand up and tuna he, <laughs> and he's the only one laughing <laughs> I think if Madigan switched to listing fish instead of oh. continuing to try to like tell a joke I would lose my mind. It's I am someone who was subjected to a lot of stand-up and forensics meets in high school mm-hmm. and haven't done much of it these days. But, like, damn, if someone just listed types of fish, that's so up my alley. I would, yeah. Flounder. <laughs> <laughs> no one, every time someone says a fish, I think of that scene, and sometimes I bring it up and no one knows what I'm talking about, so I'm really happy. I have right seen How I Met Your Mother three times all the way through. And you had seen, oh, all the way through? Yes. See, I don't like Ted, and I. The only reason I like Barney I, is because they are making fun of him. It says Neil Patrick Harris is a gay man and playing yeah. a straight playboy. I think that's hilarious. That is funny. I think the only person I don't like is Ted. Viewing Ted as an unreliable narrator helps a little bit because you can have some fun being like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. is he making Barney do this so that his kids hate him because yeah. he used to be married to Colby mm-hmm. Saunders?" Smolders. Um, Smolders. Also, okay, I'm I sorry. I can't remember her actual name. Robin, Robin Sparkles. Yep. One of the greatest, funniest things to happen of oh, all time, I yeah. think. That's so – I wake up every morning to let's go to the mall. It's my alarm. That's rough. <laughs> I just – I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Yeah, he's the only issue I have with that show, aside from occasional comedy that's kind of meh. But oh, like, it's comedy it's that old, so not like, only aged poorly, but it's like, oh, you guys prioritize being funny over being ethical in some of these moments. A lot of the Barney stuff yeah. as well. Um, I like that- the slap bet, though. Slap bet was hilarious. I like a running gag. That's why I like that show so much and can stand it is because of all the running gags that are so well done. Yeah, masterful running gags. Um, I just I cannot recall like a specific moment that I like lost my mind watching that show other than Weekend at Barney's, which is one of the few good episodes of the last season. It's where a character is like hung over and passed out and definitely has some sort of alcohol poisoning but it is the day of his wedding so they throw some like sunglasses on him and weekend yeah. to bernie's him around yeah yeah good stuff good one love a weekend to bernie's bit it's good it will it's not die good <laughs> unlike <laughs> god all right well where are we at okay real quick what do you want to cut from your life cut the shit oh god i told myself how to prepare this question I can tell and you, I really didn't. I can tell you I want to cut my dog's wheezing out. No, I love April's wheezing. This whole day she's been wheezing for some reason and I'm no. concerned for her health because she's like fucking 13. She sounded like a broken accordion and I it love did. that for her. And every time you'd be like, are you okay? She'd go, eh, <laughs> or something like that. It's so weird. <laughs> it's how she communicates and you really can't fault her for it. Yeah. God, Um. I think I would cut out all of this job stuff that I've been complaining about. Yeah. Looking As for it needing one um i don't want a sugar daddy i don't think i ever will but i certainly want a convenient source of money that i don't have to work for what you're talking about yeah but if i'm cutting out a lot of this like work stuff for things i love but stress out um about a lot i think i would want to add more of to my life um doing things i like (laughs) writing i wrote two paragraphs last night and the high that i got from writing six Literally. sentences. I, oh my god! I'm working currently on two scripts for shows that I want. Sure, to pilots just practice. or yeah, pilots. You're just uh, writing well, one episodes of Friends. <laughs> I'm just rewriting episodes of Friends, so they're yeah, good. I'm fixing it. Um, so I I have 
two I have two pilots done for two different shows and I'm working on the next episode, which I found is harder than the actual pilot itself, which is weird. It's almost like that's how it works. And then you change the pilot a lot. To yes, the show. exactly. And so I'm working on that and they're not good. And I know they're not going to be good. It's more just for the purpose of getting the format down and practicing and doing all that stuff to kind of whatever well I can before I actually learn all this stuff. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Doing what I can in the space that I am in right now. Yeah. Anyway, um, I found that the show that I hadn't, I'd been thinking about a lot. And then I went back and wrote finally for like the first time in, I want to say three months. It's like a fucking high. You're like, damn, (laughs) why can't I do this more often? And Mm -hmm. you're like, oh yeah, because sometimes you hate yourself and your writing. And I haven't trained myself to do it consistently. So that once a month when I'm able to write and write well, which is a whole other thing Mm -hmm. to not write poorly. That's something my favorite podcast acts shepherd's armchair expert i mention it probably once every episode that makes sense for your personality thank you he talks a lot about how one of the things he had to learn as a writer is letting yourself write poorly and i'm just like if you wrote poorly at least you wrote at all i like to look at my buried nanowrimo drafts yeah and think man that was fifty thousand words of absolute garbage but it means that the next fifty thousand i write are going to be better and he goes and he always talks about how you know just because it's shit doesn't mean you can't go back and change it like that's the point of editing and it being a draft and blah 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 blah. but it's just so hard to get your head around that yeah i don't know also like you write all these bad shit drafts so that you can like pull ideas out of them as well Mm -hmm. you explore different concepts and you finalize it until you have a like a story that you really really like Mm -hmm. i didn't know that i wanted to write about religion until i read a lot about it yeah and like processed my own stuff with like growing up catholic i mean if you grow up catholic and you have a place in the church you're still gonna kind of be messed up by growing up catholic it just does something to you Mm -hmm. um but like being able to think about things write things cathartically and then draw from that what's useful to your creative process is really great and now i'm writing this draft about what it's like um growing up with a small church community in like a mostly protestant town Mm -hmm. in the midwest you know and that's super weird something i've noticed too and there's the two shows i'm writing is i'm drawing elements from my life even when i don't intentionally want to yeah and that's super weird and like you're doing it intentionally but i'm willing to bet almost everything you write has some aspect of something that is very personal to you and maybe readers or whoever will see it one day won't be able to tell that yeah but like that's just so weird to me like both of the very different shows i'm approaching have certain aspects of that and it's kind of uncomfortable and comfortable because it's some it's like hard to keep it from being i don't know like i don't know how to explain it like not whatever i just won't explain it yeah there's this big writing mantra that says write what you know and when you're a teenager you think okay that means i'm going to write about things that i'm familiar with so you write about 15 year olds in ya dystopias Mm -hmm. because what you know is living in a political dystopia not to you know, actually, yeah, we've been talking about politics yeah. off and on the whole time. We live in a political yeah. dystopia. But then you get older and you become a more experienced writer and you realize that write what you know is just being able to utilize the things that you see and understand mm-hmm. and put them into your fiction. Well put. Thank you. I do words for a living. <laughs> All righty, Carly. Oh, something I want more of real quick. Yeah. Um, I'm starting a dog sitting business if anyone needs their dog sat please reach out i want more business you have experience with small dog april big dog that dalmatian that you've been watching Mm -hmm. 
How do you feel about cats or just dogs? I can do cats. I can do cats. I have a cat. Would you like feed people's fish? <laughs> Hell yeah, I would. Five dollars per fish. <laughs> Oh my god. god. Do you remember that guy? Like, deep cut if you're not from around here. The guy at our fair who sings, You want a fishy friend, a fishy friend, a fishy friend. Man, every time I went to the fair, I just zoned like fully in on the duckling bin. And it was uh, ducklings that would walk up a little conveyor belt, take a little piece of food, then go down a little slide and then amazing. swim in a circle. I swear to God, my sister um, has a rabbit, did 4-H, so I had to go to that fair too often for my taste. I was out of town mostly because during the summer we visit our family, yeah. yeah. But there were a few years when we'd make it back in time, and that's when we'd hit up the fish. Yeah. Because it was the only time I could get fish. Yes. Yeah. you know, they were like a, a dollar to play, and you pretty much were guaranteed one. Yeah. I mean, like, speaking of writing what you know, like, I have a lot of love and hate for like my childhood here but at the same time like I'm learning to appreciate it and pull from these experiences of county fairs and small town high schools that's something I've always kind of been cognizant of because I've always like visioned my life moving elsewhere Mm -hmm. but if I ever decided I don't really know if I want kids but if I ever decided I did want kids there's something someplace like Milton exactly like a place where I know there's people who will take into consideration their education and their well-being and will also still raising them in the way I see fit. But um, that said, yeah, I've seen my life growing beside it, but I was never one of those kids who were like, I need to get out of here. And like, I get the appeal of why people do that, but I also could always appreciate like, there's a stability and a comfort in knowing the person, the people you see everywhere and like going to the grocery store. And that's also gross. Like I many times avoid going to the grocery store so I don't have to see them, but there's a comfort in it and I appreciate it to an extent. I ran two errands after hanging out with Tristan Langer, a friend of mine. Went to Goodwill, saw my good friend there. I went to Target and I saw Logan working. And I was like, yeah, you really cannot escape a lot of the people that you go to school with in a community like this. Literally. Yeah. But at the same time, I wish I could throttle my younger self for like not appreciating it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For thinking like, oh, I can't wait until I'm like a big city writer and I'm out of this place. Or I'm like, or I'm somewhere living remotely in a cabin in the UP and I don't need to deal with this anymore. I wish I could just choke that bitch out <laughs> in general and then say like, no, you idiot. Look around you. Appreciate the people that know you and care about you. Yeah. I know it sucks to like be known, mm-hmm. the mortifying ideal of that, you know. But like, damn, you grew up in a great little community surrounded by forest preserves and fields yeah. and the Ice Age Trail. And damn, do we have our issues? Yes. Yes, but that's, many. <laughs> but that's everywhere you go. Yeah. And that's just a part of like, And at least we aren't from a Chicago suburb in Illinois. Damn, Fuck Illinois. Fuck Illinois. And I also want to say, like you said, with the nature thing, like Wisconsin may be Wisconsin, but like this nature is the only nature Wisconsin has. That's and you're the kinship not gonna, we have with You're Minnesota not going to find too. it elsewhere, you know? Yeah. And there'll be similarities, but like that's something I get. You know the sm- certain smells that you associate with like certain seasons and times They and stuff manured like that. the fields next to my house yesterday for Easter and I was sitting on my back porch all day thinking, man, I've got some weird Stockholm syndrome with cow manure. Yes. Um, that and then also like last night I was driving home and it was the first time that felt like a summer night because it was really warm and like you could smell like the dew and also like the different crops that are starting to be in whatever. And I was just like, this is something that I'm not going to get 
once I move. Like, sure, there'll be yeah. different smells, but that's something. I don't know. Such a weird thought I yeah. had at nine o'clock. I mean, I drive a truck, so summer drives in my car are like specifically emblematic yeah. of this like rural experience. But I've hand cranked on my S10, the windows down. Hell yeah. I put on some coming of age pop music. Um, yeah. Miel's tourist season. Okay. Um, quick recommendation. Shout out. Shout out to Miela, person who's already an established podcast <laughs> and has her own podcast, by the way. Fully recommend it. Come on the podcast. Come on the podcast, a woman who already has a podcast. <laughs> um, put on some coming-of-age pop, and I drove down Kennedy, which is out at the intersection of Town Line on the outside of town towards, mm-hmm. like, Fort and Madison-ish. Um, and then I hopped onto Hume's Road in Janesville. Damn straight. Yeah, drove down it towards Rotary Gardens and like drove past that weird foreclosed auto mart that has the sign that just says pray on it. <laughs> and there's just something about those like very long stretches of county highways. Symbolic Wisconsin experience. Yeah. It's Crying the whole like, time. It's like the uh, fucking. Okay, so Greta Gerwig has her issues. I still love her. But yeah. um, Lady Bird. Yeah. How that she's from Sacramento, and you when you watch that, you just get a feel of like a love story to Sacramento while also hating on it. Mm-hmm. And like, I get moments like that. That's why you like that's exactly you know. what, yeah, you that's pulling those bitch that you're mm-hmm. so intimately familiar with. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, this was pleasant, <laughs> this yeah. was great actually. I enjoyed seeing you. Yeah, great catching up. I'll see you next pandemic. Yes, yeah. <laughs> see you around. <laughs>